0: We the ones. <laughs> we the ones they talking about. Yeah. What's up? What's up? What's Broadway sports media. Choose your Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll you probably piece something together.
1: Outstanding.
0: How, how many makers and cokes have you had? We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We
1: all we got. Hey Titans on three. One two three. Nice. Hey!
0: Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of the Music City Audible podcast presented by Broadway Sports partnered with 440 Sports. We are coming to you on this Friday, August 13th, which is the first day of Titans football for the 2021 season. Preseason, actually, but we're going to talk about it. We're also going to do a positional preview for the wide receivers, which is my personal favorite position group to talk about. I'm Justin Graver. I'm joined, as always, by Justin Mello, and we are ready to talk football because we have a game to preview. What's up, Justin? I mean, I'm excited. You just said it. We get Titans football tonight,
1: right? The first game in obviously a long time since January. Uh, We're going to preview some of that and and the receiver group. I mean, uh, is is there a position group on this team that's more fun to talk about? I think the answer is obviously no
0: and that has more star power, and that had a bigger off-season. I mean, there's a lot going on with these wide receivers. I can't wait to dig into it. But we're going to do a preview of the preseason game first. So if you're listening to this episode and you've already watched the preseason game and you don't care about our preview, you might still care about it because it's a lot of good roster talking stuff. If you want to just skip ahead to the wide receiver preview, I don't blame you. You can do that by jumping ahead to about the 22 minute, 20 second mark. Jump ahead there and you should be good. But if you want to hear our preseason preview, we're going to start off with that. So unfortunately, it looks like Ryan Tannehill, Derek Henry, a number of starters probably will not see the field, but that doesn't mean it won't be entertaining. I think we're going to have a lot of fun watching some of the newer players, some of the rookies out there. I'm especially interested to hear who you're especially interested to see. Who's your number one player? My number one player that I'm excited to
1: see tonight? Yeah. Wow, that's a tough question. You know, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Darrenton Evans. That was the, 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 mine. That oh, was well. T- you asked me first. You you let me give <laughs> my answer first. So too bad. So sad. Uh, I, I I did not think you were gonna say that. I thought you'd probably go with a rookie. And I thought I almost went with one of the rookies, but. You know, of course, Vrabel's already said that Derrick Henry's not playing in this game. No surprise. I mean, Henry might not play the entire preseason, which I don't think would shock anybody. What an opportunity for Evans tonight to step onto the field, uh, get a start uh, and really play probably more than he played most of last season. Obviously, rookie year was derailed by injury. We've talked about that Detroit Lions game last season. When it comes to Evans, we've probably beaten that drum to death because it's the only game where we really felt like we got to see him and got a sneak peek of the skill set that he offers, the skill set that made John Robinson draft him in the third round. You know, a pick that I was a big fan of, even though you know they had Derrick Henry Robinson grabbed him there in the top 100. Uh, so, uh, and, I, and I love the pick at the time, as you all know, if, you, if you've listened to this show. And what a big chance for him tonight to go out there, run some routes, I think, as well, catch some passes. Uh, He was a great pass catcher at App State. I'm excited to see how they use him in that aspect of the game. But also, of course, uh, you know, be used as a traditional running back, run it up, uh, run it up between the tackles, run it up the middle and and see what he offers there. So as a change of pace guy, you know, to Derek Henry, that's really what I think he is. I'm, I'm super excited to see him and several other players. There are a lot of guys I'm looking forward to seeing tonight.
0: I'm, like I said, Evans was my number one player too. Mike Vrabel talked about him in his press conference on Wednesday saying that he's been really decisive and he knows where to go with the football when he has it in his hands. So I think we're going to see a lot of Evans. I think he, he could play a decent amount in this game. He's probably going to, I mean, I if I had to pick a Titan to lead the team in yards from scrimmage in this meaningless preseason game, Evans would be my pick far and away. So I'm, I'm really excited to see. And Mike Vrabel also talked about, he said something like, hopefully we get a blitz or two, so we can see him pick up some some pass protection, which you definitely need to see that if he's going to be the third down back this year, I think he can do it. But again, you know, we just haven't seen that, it in the NFL. That's he was key hurt for earlier.
1: him. That's really key for him. And I'm glad you brought that up. Cause remember, Jeremy, Jeremy McNichols handled a lot of that last year, right? In pass pro. They've also got Brian Hill, another veteran journeyman who was uh, in his first year with the team. And again, I expect to see a healthy dose of both of them as well tonight, by the way, and McNichols and Hill, uh, it, one of those guys will make the team. You can pretty much all but guarantee that. And uh, and Evans needs to show he can handle pass pro because if he can't, then again, you're going to see McNichols or Hill uh, play a lot throughout the season. So it's really important for Evans to do that, do it at a high level. And if he can, I think you'll see his usage uh, go way up.
0: Right, I agree. The other guy that I'm really, really looking forward to seeing get on the field is Christian Fulton, a player who mm. had an interception in early on in the season last year on a tipped ball and then didn't play very much the rest of the year because of, of nagging injuries. that affected him early in training camp, affected him all throughout the year. So I'm really excited to see how Christian Fulton's done. Mike Vrabel obviously named him as one of the offseason studs who who has looked really good and put in a lot of work and shown a lot of improvement. So I want to see that on the field. And he, he made a lot of buzz over the past week and a half or so in training camp, making plays, had a, a pick on Ryan Tannehill and apparently dropped two other plays. So let's see what Christian Fulton can do out there on the field against r- another team that isn't just the Titans in a game setting. So we can see if he will be that starting corner. I mean, he's listed as the starting cornerback for, for the outside on that initial depth chart that doesn't matter at all. But he is listed as the starter there for now. And... Mike Vrabel, the last thing that happened in his press conference on Wednesday was he. W- Jim Wyatt asked him about Caleb Farley and was like, how do you know when he's ready to get into a game? And Mike Vrabel said in the most dismissive tone I've ever heard him say anything, was like, I mean, Caleb's not ready to play in a game. Thanks, guys. Just like, and and then walked off the podium. That and that's saying last. something,
1: because he's pretty dismissive <laughs> to begin with, right? And right. Typically, so... <laughs>
0: So yeah, we won't see Caleb Farley. Christian Fulton currently has that starting job across from Jackrabbit Jenkins. So I don't know if Jackrabbit's going to play. I would probably think he won't, just because I would he's lean towards no. Yeah, I think so.
1: I think a lot of guys. I mean, he hasn't ruled out a ton of guys yet. But Taylor Lewan, Ben Jones, Roger Saffold. I don't know if Nate Davis plays. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, <laughs> Dina Coatrie. Even I mean, Jayon Brown and Evans. I could see maybe getting a bit of work, but. For the most part, you're, and and that's another thing. What's his O-line going to look like? If you hold out all those guys, if you hold out Luan, Penn Jones, Roger Saffold, even Nate Davis, I mean, you figure you'll get – I mean, David Kissenberry. I don't know if you'll see Tyson Braylo, another guy that's been working back from injury, right? So we, we may see – I mean, you might see Daniel Munier get a start. Aaron Brewer's on the mend as well, don't forget, right? He's still on, uh, I believe, the, uh, the Physically Unable to Perform list, I think it was. So you might see Daniel Munyer get a start. You might see Kissenberry get a start. Dylan Radins, another guy I'm excited to see. Right, I think you'll see him get a decent amount of work in. This is going to be very much uh, probably a bit of a patchwork offensive line that they roll out tonight.
0: Yeah, Brewer's actually on NFI still. uh, NFI Was Was it NFI?
1: Okay, NFI,
0: yeah. I guess it's a non-football injury, something he must have done over the – course of the offseason probably working out away from the team facility or something like that but they did see they did say he was on the field watching practice on Wednesday along with a lot of other veterans who weren't actually participating in practice which was just a situational walkthrough thing which is probably why they had everyone out there watching because they all kind of need to be involved and in it. it's almost like a meeting on the field is what they did at Wednesday's practice but you bring up a good point there and another player that I'm interested to see which is Dylan Radins another guy Mike Vrabel talked about Roger Saffold was also asked about him in his press conference and both of those guys guys, Vrabel and Saffold said that Raidens has shown steady improvement every day for over a week now, and that that he was uh, he doesn't make the same mistake twice very often. And Mike Vrabel is saying they, they need to see more consistency from him last week, and this week he's saying that he has seen more improvement. So I bet we see Raidens line up at at least three different offensive line spots in this game. That's my That's a- bet. That's
1: a bold prediction. I was actually going to say, I could see them starting him at guard in this I game. Think I he, don't think he, that would totally blow me away. Because I mean, I think you'll probably see Kissenberry at left tackle. That's just a prediction. Uh, I think you'll see Kendall Lamb at right tackle. I do think they'll want to see what they have in Lamb to begin there. I, I would start Raiden at left or, or, or right guard. I, I I really I think they have got him listed at right guard on the depth chart as the backup to Nate Davis. Uh, I don't know that there's a whole lot to gain from Nate Davis playing this game. Yeah, he's still a younger guy, hasn't maybe quite earned the respect of of course of a, of a Ben Jones or a Roger Saffold. But I, I would love to see someone like Dylan Raiden start at right guard. I think you know he's going to be a tackle in the long term, but put him out there. Put Kissinberry at left tackle put radence at right guard and put kendall lamb at right tackle that's kind of how i would line up those three positions probably have daniel munyer at center i I think is the more likely outcome and then at left guard i mean they've got a couple of backups there a couple of camp bodies guys like ross reynolds uh potentially might see or chandon herring out of byu and playing a bit of tackle and guard uh maybe one of those guys or cole banworth as well out of iowa who's still there so it'll be interesting to see how they uh who they decide to sit on the offensive line
0: yeah, I agree. It will be interesting to see how that how that whole rotation shakes out. And it'll give us a good picture on where they view the current depth, who might have a leg up when it comes to you know making the final roster. Although I think you know we talked about this in the O line episode, we kind of know who that's going to be. But at least seeing who they might plan to be keeping on the practice squad as well. Yeah, I want to I'm, ask I'm you. Another... Intrigued to see what they do inside. Sorry to add something, but to to see what they do inside because I think
1: Aaron Brewer is the only interior backup that I feel confident is going to make the team. And I think they have the flexibility. I think Tyson Brelo can play in there if absolutely needed. Obviously, they're trying to see if Dylan Raidens can play in there if absolutely needed. So, who starts tomorrow inside if some of the vets are held are held out and what do those rotations look like? Cuz again, personally, and we talked about it on the episode O-line episode as you said, I think Aaron Brewer is the only interior guy Uh, That's going to make this roster as a backup player. So they they need to mix and match and see what they have there in terms of versatility.
0: Agreed. And it could be a rough watch offensively because of how many O-linemen aren't going to be playing. So a lot of like three yards in a cloud of dust followed by a punt, but I'm hoping to see the kickers get a chance to kick (laughs) field goals in this game because there's no real pressure in terms of like go out there and hit a game winning kick. But like, what's more pressure do you think? going out to kick a game-winning kick that like the the outcome of your kick determines who wins or loses one game in a long football career? Or is it more pressure to go out and kick for your career? Like if you don't kick well, you don't even have a career. So I actually think having these guys in this very open kicking competition where neither guy really has a leg up, Tucker McCann, the, uh, the guy who's never kicked an NFL kick in his life, and Sam Thicken who has kicked, who was most recently with the Jets, we'll see if if that competition produces enough of the pressure to kind of, like, make it, you know an actual pressure-filled kick because, you know, a lot of people, millions of Americans can probably go out and kick a 30-yard field goal, right? But how many can do it when the lights are on, when the pads are on, when the rush is coming at you in a game situation and the kick actually matters? That's where you get down to there only being like 15 competent people in the whole world who can do it. And we're seeing it all around the league with, with reports out of different training camps over kickers having bad days with the preseason starting last week the Cowboys and the Steelers miss field goals we have the Patriots and the Washington team kicking field goals and Washington Dustin Hopkins is an established kicker in this league out here missing field goals in the preseason so lots of lots of bad kicking all over the NFL I'm very interested interested to see how the Titans kickers can do tomorrow night or tonight if you're listening to this on Friday
1: yeah hopefully the Titans get in field goal range a bunch tomorrow uh, tonight and don't convert <laughs> and, don't, yeah. and, don't, and get in field goal range and attempt kicks. Cause it's really important for them to sort out that position and to sort out that job. I, I've got no problem. If they put 12, you know, 15, 18 points on the board tomorrow and they all come via the kickers. Cause it's something that they need to find out sooner rather than later.
0: I'm also looking, going to be looking to see when the other team, when Atlanta punts the ball, who's back there and how good are they with the ball in their hands? Are they making a smart decision whether or not to field it? Are they, are they elusive with the ball? Like That's going to be a prime determinant. We'll talk about the receivers here soon, but it's going to be a a key factor in who makes the roster at the wide receiver position is who can be the punt returner. So that's something we finally get to actually see on the field also. I'm excited about that because we've said
1: that job is up for grabs. There seems to be three primary candidates, and they're all receivers, like you just alluded to, Chester Rogers, uh, Mason Kinsey, and Cameron Batson. So hopefully they all get a chance. I'm sure they will, of course, throughout the three weeks of preseason. Who lines up first back there? I'm going to predict that it's Chester Rogers, and it'll be interesting to see how he does. And and third and fourth quarter, I imagine they'll give Cameron Batson and or Mason Kinsey a chance uh, as well.
0: I agree with that. I I think that's exactly how it's going to play out. I want to ask you now who you're most excited to see with the Atlanta Falcons, who was formerly with the Tennessee Titans, because it's a long list. (laughs) Running back, Deontay Foreman, tight end, Parker Hesse, wide receiver, Tajay Sharp, uh, defensive linebacker, Tuzar Skipper, assistant coach, Matt Pease, defensive coordinator, Dean Pease, and head coach, Arthur Smith. All with the Falcons. That is a huge number of guys that were that used to be with the Titans.
1: It's 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 terrific. And look, of course, intru- they're not players, but Arthur Smith and Dean Pease. It'll be terrific to see them on the opposite sideline. And uh, sure, I mean, I, I, I'm not super excited to see Foreman. I, I you know you, his stint with the Titans kind of came and went rather quickly. Uh, <laughs> but sure, a, a, a Tajay Sharp, a Cesar Skipper. I'm excited to watch both of those guys. Uh, And I just interviewed Cesar Skipper a few weeks ago when he first got to Atlanta. Uh, I actually published that on SB Nation Atlanta. The Falcoholic had some fun with Cesar Skipper, who's a great guy. He's excited to be there in Atlanta, excited to reunite uh, with Arthur Smith. He is so excited to see all those guys for sure. And Darrington Evans, by the way, we alluded to him. If you haven't read the interview with Evans, head over to Broadway sports media. I published an interview with him just a couple of days ago, had a really great long conversation with him, turned it into a great piece. He loved the heck out of it. He tweeted it out himself as well. Uh, We talked football, talked content creation, Twitch streaming, video games, uh, the whole nine reflecting on his rookie season, looking forward to the sophomore year, what it's like to share a room with Derrick Henry uh, in the running back position room. So had a great conversation with Evans. Make sure you head over to Broadway Sports and give that a read if you
0: haven't already. Agreed. I really enjoyed that interview. So make sure you guys check that out, BroadwaySportsMedia.com. Yeah, you mentioned it earlier about how many starters play. In 2019, a lot of the starters didn't play hardly at all. Derrick Henry did not play a snap in the 2019 preseason, the last time we had preseason football. I think it'll be an interesting thing to track who is playing and how much in this game because it's going to kind of tell us where they stand on the depth chart. A guy like Imani Hooker, someone else that you recently interviewed for BroadwaySportsMedia.com. Does he play a lot? Does he play at all? If he only, if he doesn't play at all, it's like this guy's gonna play 100% of defensive snaps this year, just like Kevin Byard does every year. If he plays, you know, into the, through the first quarter, it's like, okay, maybe there's a rotation going on here. If he plays a series or two, then I think his, his job's pretty locked up. If I had to guess, I would say he probably plays a couple series, cause I would, I would expect the coaches wanna see him out there without Kevin Byard on the field, who I don't think will play at all communicating. They talked, Kevin Byard talked about this recently, how Mike Vrabel asked him not to communicate during certain practices to give the other guys a chance, not only a chance to speak up, but the requirement to speak up. Somebody's got to speak up. It's not going to be Kevin today. So Amani, you have to be, yeah, isn't that great? So I think that they're they're probably going to test Amani Hooker a little bit in this preseason game. So I do think we'll see him a bit in that lead uh, leader of the defense kind of role.
1: And again, not to make another shameless plug, but head over to Broadway Sports and and read the interview with Amani Hooker. I published just a day before Evans. I had a great conversation with Hooker. And and the reason I'm bringing it up is because of what you said. I I talked to him about that. I said, look, you've lost a lot of guys in that that DB room, right? Adoree Jackson, Malcolm Butler, Kenny Vaccaro. Some things that fans don't always account for. Yeah, those guys are all getting up there in age and you can make good arguments for why they let them go. Of course, Adoree's not getting up there in age, but you can make a good point for why they let him go. Uh, but those guys, you know, taught Amani Hooker a ton as a young DB in the league. And he said, now it's on me. I'm, it's quote unquote, I'm one of the older guys in the room. I mean, he just turned 23 years old, but he's one of the quote unquote veterans in the room now. And he talked about, look, those guys communicated with me. They did such a good job. Now I got to communicate with the younger guys, the Caleb Farley's, the Elijah Moldens, the Chris Jacksons of the world's, he's Christian Fultons. He, he's got to be a voice to help those guys, bring them along, make sure they understand their assignments and they're playing within the defense. That's That's a big thing we talked about play within the defense, right? Know your job, know your assignment and do it. So uh, I think you're right. And that's a great tactic by Vrabel. They, we probably will see hooker uh, being asked uh, to, to be a a sense of communicator tonight.
0: My last point here on the preseason is just the other rookies. I'm excited to see, which includes all of them. Honestly, I'm excited to see Monty rice, get out there and run around a bit. He's probably going to play like the entire second half, if not more Rashad Weaver, same thing. And those receivers, yeah, I mean Flogan Woodside up there dicing up some second string some second string defenses. I think we're gonna see a lot of plays made by the receivers. So any of those rookies you're you're more interested in than than others?
1: I think Radance is probably number one for me. But uh, all of them, I mean, Des Fitzpatrick and Racy McMath should see a, quite a bit of playing time, I imagine, at receiver. I don't think you're going to see, of course, AJ, Julio, or Josh Reynolds for, uh, for that fact. So you probably, who starts on the outside, right? Is it, do they go with a, a Des Fitzpatrick and maybe a Nick Westbrook? I can see Westbrook getting a start maybe before a Racy McMath. Maybe you have Chester Rogers working out of the slot. Uh, Fred Brown is a guy. Uh, that'll probably get some work. Cam Batson should work out of the slot as well. So uh, Marcus Johnson, obviously, has been a preseason, uh, I'm sorry, a preseason uh, training camp darling. Everyone's super excited about him. I know you want to get a, a hook him in here so you can go ahead and, and get hook it um. out of your system. But uh, <laughs> again, I think you'll see a lot of Cam Batson, a lot of Nick Westbrook, all, all these guys, Fitzpatrick, McMath, uh, maybe a bit of Fred Brown, Chester Rogers, Mason Kinsey. I mean, it's it's a long list, but I expect to see all of them get a decent amount of work tonight.
0: I do too. Final I'll score. throw out a
1: couple final names if you don't mind, because yeah. I don't want to spend time talking about them too much, but uh, T.R. Tart, Laurel Murchison, right? Two guys who have had some buzz as well, a little bit of training camp. I don't think you're going to see Simmons or Autry. I expect you'll see both those guys get starts, Murchison and, and, and Tart. Uh, so I'm excited to see them as well. And, and the list can probably go on and on. Uh, uh, David Long should see a lot of playing time. Excited for him. Uh, I don't know if Elijah Molden will will, will play. Is he healthy enough to play? I'd like to think he is. I'm very excited uh, to see him as well. Tight ends. I mean, who gets working? Swain's not going to work. Tommy Hudson, probably a guy that I think's got the inside track to be tight end uh, three. Excited to see him. I mean, I I, I can go all day. Logan Woodside, of course, uh, who I think we talked about is probably going to be the backup QB. Let's see him probably play at What, two, two, three quarters of football, potentially, I think. So, uh, so many guys I'm pumped up to see tonight.
0: Yeah, same, same, same. Alrighty, that's it for our preseason week one preview. Let's finish it off with a final score prediction for this game that doesn't matter. I'm going to go 15 to 10 Titans because no one's going to (laughs) score. I
1: I do think it's going to be pretty crappy and low scoring for the most. part. I'd be shocked if... But these teams go out there and, and, and put on a crazy show. We talk about how excited we are to see it, but our expectations don't sound super high. I think, <laughs> I think something in the range of 15 to 10, that sounds like the, the most typical preseason score I've ever heard. So I'll go 16 to 11.
0: I'm just going to one up <laughs> you on both, on both points and we'll see how it goes. I'm ready for some missed extra points. I'm ready for some weird scores to happen. Who knows what's going to happen?
1: There's probably going to be at least, what's the over under on bad exchanges between Munyer and Woodside? I would put it at one and a half and I take I think over. that's I think one and a half, if we were in Vegas and we had to set the odds, I would put one and a half 'cause I think one is probably guaranteed to happen. Do you yeah. feel you feel like a betting man and do you go you take the one and a half and you go for two? I mean, but I'm I going can over. guarantee you yeah, I'm going I mean, over. guarantee you we're gonna see at least one. I'll say that.
0: Yeah, we probably will see two or three, to be honest. I mean I'm <laughs> not just like bad exchanges, but like just like a straight up snap over the head, that's yes, like lands some, some twenty people, yards.
1: Munyer apparently hasn't had a terrific camp, and he's had some <laughs> issues snapping uh, the ball. And I imagine we're going to see a healthy dose of him at center tonight. So
0: they brought in Spencer Pulley to compete with and or replace him, and the guy got hurt in like two days. So yeah, he went on laid. IR. And they, there was another guy, right? Uh, uh, Patrick Morris, I think his name was,
1: who was also a center, and I think he also went on IR or something already.
0: Yeah, Pulley was actually waived with an injury settlement, so he's not even on the team at all. Could be brought back after he clears waivers and put on IR for the long term, but... Yeah, that is quite a bad interior O-line backup group, so that's that's definitely gonna happen at some point. Alright, let's do it now. Let's get into this position group that we love. You named most of the guys earlier, but just to give everyone a refresher, or if anyone is jumping ahead to this point now because you've already seen the preseason game, you don't care about hearing our preview. Let's read through the wide receiver list. AJ Brown, superstar. Julio Jones, Hall of Famer. Josh Reynolds, free agent signing. The rest of the list is depth right now. Cameron Batson, Fred Brown, Des Fitzpatrick, Marcus Johnson, Mason Kinsey, Racy McMath, Chester Rogers, Nick Westbrook-Akine, and last but not least, Cody Hollister, who is actually on IR now and will not be factoring into this group. No, that's season-ending IR for him as well, from what I hear. So he will not be back. So 11 guys on this list. 11 guys competing for six and or seven, maybe seven spots. I am going to go out on a limb here, apparently, according to a lot of people in Titans Media, and say that our top three guys are all locks. Yes, that's right. Josh Reynolds is a 100% stone-cold lock to make the Titans roster. And anyone who says otherwise is crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I'd be blown away if they cut. I mean, blow, blown away, totally blown away. So I agree with you. I think he's there's like no a chance. 90, Look, eight. there is no, yeah. absolutely zero. <laughs> I, you can come at me, play this clip a million times if I'm wrong, zero chance he gets cut. He's not getting cut. Like he's not getting yeah, I cut. Yeah, don't, I
1: don't see, and that's what's Patrick. I know there's been some chatter about him. I, I'd be pretty surprised. If they cut him either. I, I think those four guys, I mean, they, they used the fourth round pick on him. They traded up to get him. I mean, I don't yeah. think John Robinson is afraid to admit a mistake. I mean, they cut, who was that quarterback? Was it Cole McDonald? They cut him rather quickly a few years ago, but he was like a, a sixth or seventh round pick from what I recall, I think a seventh actually. Yeah. So Fitzpatrick cutting a fourth round pick after training camp. I mean, that, that, that would be quite the surprise
0: yeah i agree it would be a surprise but it wouldn't uh, he's not to me the same level of lock i mean josh reynolds is a legitimate lock. yes
1: yeah i agree with that i i think reynolds is a lock and i think fitzpatrick is an 80 85 percent lock right I, I would say
0: i'll agree with that number the other guys that if you had to pit put on the team right now if you're predicting the final roster i would go with racy mcmath because they spent a draft pick on him even though it was a late pick and because combined with the fact that he's actually been pretty good so far and listed ahead even of Des Fitzpatrick on that unofficial first depth chart that, again, has zero, zero meaning for what this team will look like Uh, in a month from now. I'm (laughs) going to go with seven. Yeah, I'm going to go go with seven seven too. I think they do keep seven. I'm going to go
1: with those four, but I am going to make one change from you, and I'm not just doing it for the heck of it. Uh, I'm going to say McMath ends up on the practice squad. I think they could sneak him on there. I think they'll feel better. About that, I'll go with uh, my final three being Chester Rogers, and I factor him winning the punt return job into Same. that. And then my final two, I will go with Nick Westbrook-Akine. I think they love him on special teams, and I think he'll make it for that reason. Uh, he'll, he'd be my number six. And then that mm-hmm. final spot, I'm going to give the slight edge to Marcus Johnson over Racy McMath, but I think that's a really tough call. One thing I'll say, uh, really arguing against myself here is, I, I do think McMath has a good chance because I think youth could factor into it. Uh, fans don't always think about that. They don't always pick the better player when it comes to wide receiver seven. Sometimes they go with the guy who's three, four years younger and has more potential, right? So I, I can see Racy McMath, but I'm going to go with Marcus Johnson for now.
0: To me, those aren't the two that are competing for a spot. I think that Marcus Johnson's spot is pretty safe based on how really? he's performed. Based on how he's performed and based on Mike Vrabel talking about him, I mean, there is a difference, and this is one of the most frustrating things to me about sports media coverage in general, but there is a difference when a coach gives a quote about a player, when he is asked directly and specifically about that player. This happens with Bill Belichick all the time. Like, every single week leading up to a game, Bill Belichick gets asked about an opposing player that he's about to face, and he, like goes on the most glowing rant about how amazing that player is and then everyone reports bill belichick said that justin herbert's the best rookie quarterback of all time it's like yeah he's about to play against him and he was asked a direct question about him of course he's going to give a positive answer there's a difference between that and when a coach is asked Who's somebody who has stood out with more opportunities this this training camp? Which is what Mike Vrabel was asked during his press conference on Wednesday. And he responded with Marcus Johnson's name. That is different. When a coach brings up a player to praise him when he could mention anyone as opposed to just praising the guy that he was asked about. Because when you're, get, when you're asked about a player, of course you're going to praise him. And, and then they run with those quotes, Mike Vrabel says that uh, Julio Jones says, racing, or racing the the next Julio Jones says, A.J. Brown, like whatever. He was asked specifically about racing Matt. You know, it's not like, anyway, long rant over. But my point is there, Mike Vrabel brought up Marcus Johnson on his own to talk about how consistent he has been the fact that he's been able to be out there every day that he's been making plays so to me he's made an impression not only on the fans and the media who have been covering training camp but on the coaching staff there as well and i think that he probably leads that like gadgety speed receiver role guy right now whereas so- you have a question no, no I'm sorry or, go
1: on I didn't sorry
0: I was gonna bring it back around to um, Nick Westbrook versus Racy I was gonna say
1: so you're saying I think your seven spot is between McMath and Nick Westbrook is what you're saying you think right
0: and that's why I would lean McMath for all those reasons you just talked about with the youth factor because I think both guys are big special teams guys um so they kind of fill the same role in that regard and I don't know. I mean, I could definitely see you being right about this, about McMath being a practice squad guy because he's an unknown in the league and they can sneak him onto the practice squad, not worry about losing him. Whereas Westbrook has proven to be a contributor on special teams, which I, really I thought was one. a really interesting a really part of one. your... Your interview with him there about the special teams aspect, how he has another shameless
1: that. plug, folks. Go ahead over to Take Broadway Com. Just published an interview with Nick Westbrook yesterday. You're listening to this on Friday. That went live Thursday. Had fun with him talked a lot of special teams the plays against Detroit that he made and the fact that he didn't play special teams in college right which uh, blew me away it's a fact that I didn't recall so I love hearing him talk about that as well but I like what you're saying Westbrook versus McMath for that seven spot I like that we're disagreeing truthfully I don't think we do that enough on this show and it's yeah. not by any uh, it's not a fault we don't try to to agree all the time we just typically see these things uh, similarly but I, I, I do have it as Johnson versus McMath and you have it it is McMath versus Westbrook, and I love that. I'm curious to see
0: how it plays out, and it'll be very
1: important to see how all three of them play tonight.
0: Yeah, that's how these things are going to get decided. Some guys that I'll be sad to say to see get cut when it happens, which I think it will happen. Cam Batson, I think he's put in a lot of good years here, but it's just like at, at a certain point, I feel like these other guys are just passing him up, and I think he could land somewhere and have a job, but I don't think he'll he'll end up in Tennessee. I think he's um, got a chance.
1: I, I think he, I, I I agree. We both left him off our roster, but look, there's no doubt about it. If Cam Batson goes out and clearly shows that he's the best punt returner they have over these next three weeks, then Cam Batson's making the football team. I guarantee you that.
0: That's true, but that's definitely true. Um, but I do I'm think Chester about... Rogers
1: will have the leg up. That's my prediction. Yeah. But who the heck knows? Let's not pretend like we know for sure. That yeah, Chester sure. Rogers is the better punt returner, right? Than Cam Datson. I mean, again, that's something that will be decided in these three preseason games, in my opinion. And that starts tonight.
0: A guy that we haven't really heard hardly anything from since your interview with him was Fred. is Fred Brown. And uh, yeah. I think the guys out there call him Freddie Brown. Freddie Brown. I'm interested to see him in the preseason because like, I feel like he hasn't made a single play that anyone's talked about, at least in training camp yet.
1: You're right. I haven't heard anything really out of him in training camp. I, I loved interviewing him about, uh, published that about, I think maybe about two weeks ago, really enjoyed my time with him. Terrific guy. Uh, super polite. He's got a great story to tell Mississippi state, uh, talks about growing up there, talked about knowing AJ Brown in college, talked about uh, Jeffrey Simmons, they both went to Mississippi State. So he had some great stories about Jeffrey Simmons. If you haven't read them, make sure you go and check that out. Uh, but I am excited to see him. You're right, because I expect to hear a bit more buzz on him at training camp. You I mean, he's played in this league. He's made catches in NFL games, right? So, And he was a preseason darling, I believe, a couple of years ago for the Broncos. So I did expect to hear a bit more of him. I, in fact, truthfully, I haven't heard a single thing about him. I, I don't think yeah. a single beat reporter has said fred brown did not even you know he was targeted and there was an interception yeah. or he dropped or he made just <laughs> nothing so uh excited to see I, I assume he will play tonight of course and and he'll get some decent work and and how does he work in the rotation that'll be telling as well right does he come in the fourth quarter with five minutes left or is he out there in the second quarter so that'll be interesting to monitor
0: i do think he's also a guy that's that's fighting for a potential special teams role so we'll see how how much right. he's on the field on he has in punt played and it he has played it, so yeah Another guy that I think that we're both leaving off our rosters here is Mason Kinsey. He makes plays. He's got the slot profile, but I just don't know if he has enough versatility and if he offers enough because you got Anthony Ferkser, who was one of the most efficient slot receivers in the entire NFL at any position last year. If you look at the advanced metrics there for guys who lined up out of the slot and he lined up out of the slot on almost all of his snaps. So he's a a guy that's going to play in the slot. You know that all three of your top guys, A.J., Julio, and Josh Reynolds, can at least rotate in and out of the slot. And if Chester Rogers or Cam Batson makes this team as a punt returner, those guys also would be able to play the slot. So Mason Kinsey, I don't know how much he offers on special teams if he doesn't win the punt returner job. I don't know how much he can play outside, and I don't know what he can bring to this roster besides being like a fan favorite white wide receiver. (laughs) So I,
1: I think uh, I'll, I'll kind of make the same point on Mason that I made on Cam Batson. And I think Batson, of course, has a better uh, probably, uh, you know, relationship of course, with this staff being around as long as he has. Uh, this is what his fourth season in Tennessee he spent one of those on IR, but still his fourth year now uh, with the organization, Mason Kinsey's route to making this roster is, is one route and one route only. And you know what I'm going to say? He's got to win the job as the punt returner. And again, nothing is set in stone there. There is not a guy here, uh, all three of them have a chance. Again, all three being uh, Kinsey, Batson, and Rogers. All three of them should get a, a fair, equal opportunity, and whichever one proves to be the best will make this roster. And that's really the only route uh, to the 53-man roster that I see for Kinsey.
0: Yeah, I agree, and that's, that's kind of how it is for the back end of the of the depth chart wide receivers. Is you have to have a special teams role, and right now he's listed as the third guy on that meaningless depth chart that. Truly means nothing. He he's behind Cameron Batson and Chester Rogers right now. So he's Batson have to... listed first. Rogers is listed first. Okay.
1: Yeah. And I and I expect we will see Rogers field the first punt tonight. The first of what we hope is many punt. I want to see the Falcons punt ten times tonight, and I want to see the Titans attempt eight field goals. That those yeah, are the two things more. that I want to see.
0: Same. Same. All right. Enough about the back end of who's going to make the team. Let's talk about our expectations for the top of this group. First off, do you think Julio Jones plays at all in the preseason? I don't.
1: No, I'm going to say no. I I don't think, I mean, what for? What what do we need to see from Julio Jones in
0: the preseason that he hasn't showed during a Hall of Fame NFL career? I wonder if we'll see AJ Brown at all. I definitely don't think we'll see him tonight, but I wonder if next week or that third preseason game, if he gets out there for a little bit. He seems like one of those guys that would say like, I want to run around. I want to get the pads on and go hit somebody, even if it's just for a series or two. So I feel like we might see him a little bit.
1: I can see AJ playing. I think the second preseason game is going to be the old third preseason game. Remember when there was four, that third preseason game, you'd get some starters in there, work them for a half. Of course, there's only three games now. So I anticipate the second one is going to be the one where if teams are going to play some starters, it'll be then. Uh, And you know, I can see AJ Brown being out there for a series or two uh, over these next two weeks, but I don't, I think we will see a little bit of him, but I don't think we'll see a lot of him.
0: Yeah. Right. But what about when we get to the regular season? I kind of want to do this a little differently than we've been doing it in the past. I want to mix yours and my preseason or sorry, regular season expectations for these guys with our listener comment expectations. So first off, my question here is, will both Julio and AJ Brown top a thousand yards this year?
1: Yes, absolutely. I'll be a little surprised. If they don't, I think it comes down to health. A.J. Brown topped 1,000 last year while missing two games, only playing in 14. Corey Davis had what, 975, 987, right? It was something in that range. He was like 15 yards short of 1,000 yards with Julio. And remember, he ghosted a couple games. How many did he finish with? You made a face. (laughs) 984. I was I said 985 right or yeah. something like that. So he's 15 yards short. He was 15 yards short of hitting a thousand. So and remember he ghosted a couple games, right? The Green Bay there was a game or two where he made zero catches. So if both AJ Brown and Julio Jones are healthy, I'll be blown away if they don't both hit a thousand yards.
0: I agree. Wu Titan Clan says that AJ Brown will go for 1300 and Julio Jones will go for 1050. He also has predictions for everyone else. Josh Reynolds, 550 yards, Marcus Johnson, 450 yards, Chester Rogers, 250 yards, and one of or a combination of Des Fitzpatrick, Racy McMath, Nick Westbrook combining for 250 yards. Interesting. I think that that's fairly realistic. I don't know, maybe a little high for some of those back in the roster guys who might not play enough games to accumulate or might not play enough snaps in games to accumulate that many yards, but... I could see Reynolds putting up around 500 to 600. I could see some random wide receiver for putting up maybe close to 400. I don't know about 450 for Marcus Johnson. I don't know how many yards Tannehill is really going to throw for if this team is still a ground and pound team. But we'll see. Who knows? They might open things up more this year.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of yards, I think, for a a back end guy, especially because I think Josh Reynolds probably puts up five to 600. Right. I would think maybe six, six. Yeah, 600 potentially ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably more closer to five. So I'd be shocked if a Marcus wide receiver four puts up
0: 450 yards. That
1: would definitely surprise me.
0: Especially with Furkser and Evans and all those other, exactly. you know, there's yeah, going to be I, running I mean, back. Henry
1: and... touching the ball as much as he does. I just, I just don't see it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Titans Homer thinks that we will have two 1,200 to 1,500 yard guys, to be honest he's gonna say seven guys make the roster aj julio reynolds johnson mcmath Dez, and chester rogers so that's the same as my list (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) nick westbrook there um but yeah two 1200 to 1500 yard guys again it's just a lot of yards i did the full titans stat projection last year where i had I, i don't remember what i had but you know you put all those formulas in you put in how many Attempts per game, you think Ryan Tannehill were at, will average? What is what his accuracy completion percentage will be, and and how many? What is yards per attempt will be? And it's just like there's only so many yards to go around, if unless you think he's going to throw for 4,500 yards or 5,000 yards this year, which would be a huge step up for him for for his career and for this Titans offense, would be a huge opening up. So I don't know that we'll see two 12 to 1,500 yard guys because I, I just think we're going to see a lot of a rotation not only this position, but again, with the tight ends and running backs too. So uh, it's just a little high. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think that's high again. I mean, you got to factor in again, th- this team's going to be dominated, right? Statistically and everything by AJ Brown, Julio Jones, Derek Henry. So uh, I-, I would fall short of making any bold statistic predictions for anyone else, right? Not name those guys. I think Reynolds, Ferkser and Evans, like you said, will probably be the next three most important players, but that's already puts us at six. Right? How many teams have enough touches to go around for nine different players on offense, ten different players on offense on a weekly basis? When the three, the top three of them are elite, all-pro, you know, potentially Hall of Fame guys like Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, and and AJ Brown.
0: Yeah, agreed. Exactly. Uh, Joshua Cox says at least twenty-eight hundred yards outside of AJ. Not really picky about where or who at this point. Need the wide receiver room to be pretty close to that four thousand yard total, though. Could be less if we get some good use from Evans and FERC. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think 2,800 yards outside of AJ is a a ton for just the wide receivers, though. I feel like I could see AJ and Julio combining for 25 to 27, maybe yeah. 2,800 yards. But uh, it's a we're lot getting of yards. That's what I'm saying. It's we're getting. I feel good yards. about
1: 25, 2600. I would say the two of them combining. That that's where I would probably land.
0: Agreed. And Ben P at Ben Patton 16 agrees with that too. He said two 1,000 yarders, probably around 2,400 plus yards total. That's that's a great number to me. I think that's a conservative number, but it's also, I mean, it feels realistic. I feel like we're not getting way up there in, in yards at that point. So 24, 25, 26, that's kind of the range I'm sticking to. Um, Titans Tundra would like to point out that we would have had two 1,000 guys last year if Davis didn't drop 18 passes in week 17, but I'll <laughs> let it slide. I mean, you can let that's that slide. I don't, I don't know if that's accurate, even close to accurate. Kenneth at Texas Sports 1015 says, definitely thinking AJ and Julio 1,200 to 1,300 piece if they both stay healthy. And I don't care what at F-words Pod says, Josh Reynolds is not safe by any means, which means two locks and a battle for four spots. Kenneth, I hate to disagree with you, but I disagree with you. Josh Reynolds is as safe as A.J. Brown. That's my declaration. As safe as A.J. Brown. Is that crazy? Maybe. But that's just, I don't think he's going to play near as many snaps or have near as many catches, targets, or yards as A.J. Brown. But he's as safe of of a roster, roster lock, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I'd go that far, but I, I will say that I'll say Josh Reynolds is 95% safe on the roster, and AJ Brown is obviously a cool 100. So, uh, but I get where you're coming from, and it goes back to the argument that uh, I think Mike had put something out on Twitter, Mike Miracles, that went wild uh, about Josh Reynolds. But no, I, I can't see him getting cut. I really can't.
0: All right, two more comments I want to read here. David at Bad 17 Durango. Says, I think we end up with two 1,000-yard guys, AJ and Julio, and I think Ferk and Reynolds could end up with 500 apiece too. 500 apiece? I think they one of them will hit probably hit 500. I don't know if they'll both hit 500. I think they could combine for close to a thousand yards though for Ferkser and Josh Reynolds. Yeah, I'll be.
1: I'm very excited to see how many yards Ferkser puts up, right? Because what did Johnu Smith have last year? Only like 450. I think it was roughly not as much as people probably thought he had. Again, he had a lot he of touchdowns. To yeah, eight touchdowns, of course, was the big number that you're losing in Jonu Smith. But I'm very excited. To see- yeah. 448 it was, right? From what yeah, that's what I thought. Uh very excited to see how many yards Ferkser puts up because when when he's out there, you figure for the most part he's running, he's running routes. Another thing I'm excited to see tonight, uh not to switch topics, but Ferkser run blocking. That's what I want to mm-hmm. see tonight. A lot of a lot of that as well. They say they say he's improved in that area, right? I think Mike Vrabel said he's gotten better uh throughout the offseason as a run blocker. So we need to see that and, and see if he can uh, add a little versatility to his game. But he's gonna be running a lot of routes. Don't don't fool yourself. He'll always be a pass catcher. First and foremost, that's just what his skill set is. And I'm excited to see how many passing yards he puts up because he's a really good talented route runner,'s got great hands. And with all the attention, of course, that that's going to be commanded right by Henry uh, A j and Julio, you figure Ferks are uh, could have a bit of a field day when it comes to the assignments he's going to draw on defense.
0: Right, agreed. And uh, all right, wrapping in the things up here with one final comment from Cody Stansell at X the Red Herring. Spelled very weird hair, like like head hair, not red herring. Anyway, he says, I'd say floor expectations would be two one thousand yard receivers with seventeen games this year. Hopefully we can get five to eight hundred yards from Josh Reynolds. We rarely carry seven, but pending a trade, we have good depth now, and we'll have to monitor Julio and maybe Josh Reynolds for any injuries during the year. That's a good point. Obviously, the 17 games thing is going to be huge for getting guys to set to a thousand yards. Like you said, Corey Davis last year, if there were 17 games last year, obviously he he probably hits a thousand yards easily unless he has another... Ghost game in that 17th game, game like our <laughs> yeah. listener comment alluded to that he had in week 17. I mean, yeah, I guess it's possible, and uh, yeah, I agree with that comment too. We rarely carry seven. Yeah, the Titans do rarely carry seven wide receivers. It hasn't happened in a few years. I do, I do remember one year semi recently in the last, you know, handful yes. five, six years where they carried seven. So another I think thing, it, sorry, I keep cutting you off tonight. I'm just so
1: excited to talk about Titans football. Another thing I would allude to regarding the seven. And of course this roster spot could be added elsewhere, but I don't think they'll carry four tight ends, which they've made a habit of recently. So if they don't, and again, I, I don't think they will, there could be an extra spot there and that could go to the receivers.
0: Right. That is exactly how I feel. All right. Anything else to touch on with this position before we duck out? I, oh, Pro Bowls. How many? I mean, t- it's got to be two, right? It's got to be AJ and Julio, you'd think. I, I wonder how many times teammates have both made the Pro Bowl at the same position. At, yeah, especially at up. receiver. Yeah.
1: Right? I imagine it's not overly common. I mean, O-line, of course, uh, I'm sure D-line's happened a ton, maybe corner a little bit, but I, I would think at receiver is not all that common.
0: How many receivers even make the Pro Bowl? Is it three per conference?
1: I don't even know. It's got to be more than that, no? They got, they must have yeah. backups and stuff.
0: Yeah. Um. It looks like one, two, three, four. That, yeah, four per conference. So Ooh, last year, a lot. Last year's AFC Pro Bowlers were Tyree Kill, stefan Diggs, Keenan Allen, and AJ Brown. So Julio and or AJ would have to unseat. Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen, and any of the other number yeah, I mean, of guys. I can see Keenan Allen potentially getting unseated there, but I think
1: Tyreek Hill and, and Stephon Diggs are, are probably a lock. And, and I think AJ is as well. So, I mean, Diggs, there, there, there's one spot, in my opinion, up for grabs there for the Keenan Allens and the Julio Jones of the world.
0: Right. And any other AFC receivers who emerge this year. Of course. Or... I mean,
1: I, I, you think someone in Pittsburgh will probably have a decent year. I can see Chase Claypool having a pretty big year there.
0: Yeah, I don't know about Pro Bowl caliber. But yeah, I agree. I mean, it's tough competition. But let's let's be bold on this podcast. Let's let's see it happen. Two guys from the same team, both at the same position, both in the Pro Bowl for the AFC. What do you think?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, especially if they do go out there and combine for 25, 2,600 yards. I mean, Julio's reputation alone, if he has that kind of year, he's a shoe in right? right? And the fact that A.J. Brown made it last year and and has the reputation that he does, I will, if they go out there and they have the years we're talking about them having 2,600 yards, then
0: yeah, I do think they both make it. And Stefan Diggs had such an amazing year last year that if he takes a, even a little bit of a step back statistically, voters and fans might see that as like oh he doesn't deserve it this year cuz he's not as good as he was last year or something. Yeah,
1: like the that. Bills are popular though and I think they, they will have a pretty good record again and the yeah. way they pass the ball a 75 times a game it seems like I had no interest yeah. in running the ball. I'll be pretty shocked if Diggs doesn't put up some excellent numbers once again.
0: That is very true. So draft him in your fantasy leagues folks, you heard it here first. Uh, shocking bit of bit of advice there to take Stevon Diggs. What? Um sorry. (laughs) Anyway, all right. That'll do it. We did it. We got through two previews this week, a preseason week one preview and a wide receiver positional preview. So thank you all for tuning in. You know where to find us broadway We appreciate you guys listening to the podcast, checking out our, our articles and videos we have to offer there. Broadway Follow us on Twitter. You can find Justin at Justin M underscore NFL. I am at Titans film room until next week. When we have another preseason game to preview and talk about. The Titans are going to Tampa Bay. I think they're going to Tampa Bay on like Tuesday or something next yeah, week. They're because, practicing with them. And they're, yeah, they're practicing with them. And they're doing a, a fan, open to the fans, Nissan Stadium practice, I believe on Monday. So it's like Monday, Nissan Stadium practice. Tuesday, travel to Tampa Bay. Probably practice Wednesday and Thursday. And then they'll play the, a preseason game in Tampa Bay. So we'll be yeah, back next week. This is
1: August 16th.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, so you're that's correct. Monday.
1: Monday, August 16th from 5 to 7 p.m. Central Time. Fans will get exclusive opportunity, right, to see the team in person. Uh, make sure you go and, and, and check that out. Totally worth it if you're a fan. Make it out there if you're in Nashville. That's a no-brainer.
0: Yeah, and so I would imagine they practice against the Bucks on Wednesday and Thursday, take Friday off, and then Saturday is that preseason game. So we'll be back next Friday to preview that game. Until then, you guys stay safe out there and tighten up.